All right, what's happening? What is going on? Welcome into Sports Betting Daily. Appreciate you joining us on a Thursday. We just did a uh, kind of a get back in the swing of things episode. Uh, talked about why we've been gone for a few days and gave some NFL picks. So if you missed that, go listen to the first podcast we put out today. And actually, we're going to be putting out another one after this. We're going to get three pods out there on a Thursday just to kind of get caught back up with things. But uh, go listen to the NFL pod if you missed that. So on on uh, this podcast, we're going to talk about players and what they're worth against the spread. And I got thinking about this when Aaron Rodgers unfortunately went down on uh, Monday Night Football with the injury. And he's going to be out for the season and the, the market moved pretty substantially after that. So it got me thinking about talking on the show about what players are worth. And I'm going to get into the book Gambler by Billy Walters. It kind of is going to bleed into this subject because I read that for a second time. I just finished Gambler for, uh, for the second time. And I do have some thoughts that I didn't have the first time. And really, honestly, after the second way through, I, I don't love the book. And I'll tell you why in a second. But um, Aaron Rodgers, let's talk about him. He got hurt, obviously, Monday Night Football. And the market moved from minus three Cowboys to minus nine Cowboys. Or excuse me, minus nine and a half Cowboys. They play this week, New York Jets on the road to the Dallas Cowboys. And again, before Aaron Rodgers was hurt, the Jets were three-point dogs. They are currently nine and a half point under underdogs. So that represents a six and a half point move in the market that matches that that makes sense you know I personally have Aaron Rodgers right about seven points against the spread so that's right around what I've got and by the way just so you know is like a frame of reference my ranking for Aaron Rodgers seven points against the spread would put him right about fifth in the NFL for value with his team and when a player goes out whether it's a quarterback or a non-quarterback it's not just about the talent that player has but the value they bring to the team and to winning. And it's also about the backup. I mean, if the back, if uh, let's say like Matthew Stafford was Aaron Rodgers' backup, well, obviously the line wouldn't be nine and a half. So Aaron Rodgers wouldn't be worth as much. Aaron Rodgers' talent doesn't change at all, but the circumstances around him do change. That's really what player uh, representation in terms of like what they mean, player rankings should represent. So when you talk about, oh, of course, Micah Parsons, best player in the NFL, it's not just if he gets hurt, what do we do with the line? It's what about his backup? How does he fit into the Cowboys scheme? Things like this, right? When Odell Beckham got hurt in the Super Bowl, I mean, you can use example after example, and it's always, it's not just about the player and their talent. It's about the value to the team and what's going on around them on the roster, so when Aaron Rodgers went down, obviously Zach Wilson as a backup is one of the worst backups right now, probably in the NFL. So Aaron Rodgers worth seven, maybe six and a half points makes sense. So that's really what you have to look at when you're judging quarterbacks, non-quarterbacks, or frankly, players in other sports. You know, if, if, uh, if Alex Ovechkin goes down with an injury, we've got to look at what the Capitals have around him to say, okay, how much does that impact the roster? You know, if they suddenly sign three of the top players in the NHL to play on his line and other lines, he's not worth as much. Does anything change with that Ovechkin as a player? No, he's the exact same player. What's going on around him matters, though. So that's what we have to think about. When, it's, when, it's, uh, when a player goes down and we think about how much is this player worth against a spread, it's about the team, not just that player and how good they are. So I think overwhelmingly, 
quarterbacks are pretty accurately priced. I think when Aaron Rodgers goes down, you know, if, hopefully not, you know, let's knock on some wood, God forbid, but if Dak Prescott or Kirk Cousins or Mahomes or whatever, right? If they go down with an injury or miss a week for whatever reason, like a COVID type thing or whatever, right? Quarterbacks are really well-priced or at least the understanding for what they should be against the spread are very well-priced. That's why most people who do this professionally probably had what I had. They probably had Aaron Rodgers right around seven points. You know, if Matthew Stafford goes out for any reason, most people who do this will have close to the same number for what Stafford's worth. But if a defender goes out, if a deal, if a important D lineman for the for the Denver Broncos or the Las Vegas Raiders goes out, how much are they worth against the spread? Because non quarterbacks are far more difficult to judge and to price than actual quarterbacks. And I've, I've thought this for a long time, listening to other professionals, talking to other professionals, seeing how, how other pros and syndicates evaluate players or non-quarterbacks. I've always thought that non-quarterbacks were very undervalued in the NFL, both by betters and frankly, non-betters like those in management in the NFL. I would argue a lot of these GMs and, and owners just think players are replaceable. And while that may be the case in a lot of situations, I think it's overwhelmingly, uh, uh, overestimated. So let's go, let's go to the book, Billy Walter's book, Gambler. My takeaway with Gambler after reading it again, I didn't really love it for one reason. It didn't meet my expectation. Now that's probably on me, but after thinking about that for a while, I don't know about that. I don't know if I take full responsibility because Billy Walters, let's think about what Billy Walters is. Billy Walters is a known hustler. His entire life from like the age of whatever he said in his book, like like single digits, right? Like seven, eight, or nine. He's been hustling, pool, golf, however the hell he can get money, he's been getting money. And he is a hell of a salesman, right? When, when Billy Walters kept going broke over and over and over in his 20s and 30s, and he kept making back $500,000 in a year, which back then was a lot of money, like equivalent to millions now, it's because he was a salesman. Billy Walters was a great salesman. You know what he was? He was a used car salesman. <laughs> like the stigma and everything, that was Billy Walters. And so the fact that the book didn't meet my expectation and frankly what Billy Walters said would be in the book, should I really be surprised? Like, think about it. Was I really naive enough to think Billy Walters was going to like share his secrets? Because my biggest takeaway or my biggest complaint with the book was that I thought one of my sports betting idols, one of these people who's been doing that, like the notorious, agreed upon, probably best gambler of all time, best sports better of all time, right? It was Billy Walters. For years, I've studied this guy. I've looked at how he did it, what he did. I've tried to find his secrets, one little one little Easter egg at a time and all these different books and articles and interviews about him. I've done so much to learn what he did. And then he gets up and promises he, this is, this book is going to be a tell all and he's going to share all of his secrets and let us know all how he did what he did. And he, he framed it as like, Hey, I'm getting old. What do I have to lose? I want to give back to the sports betting community and to people who love sports. I'm going to share all my secrets. I'm just going to put it out there. There wasn't much. I didn't. I, I barely learned a goddamn thing. So maybe my expectations weren't met. And here's the other thing. This is very possible. I was talking to a buddy of mine who brought this this point up. 
it is very possible that a lot of other people learned a lot more than I did, right? Because I do this for a living. I know so much about the market. Like I, I, I do this podcast every day, well, <laughs> on a good week, because there's a lot to talk about, right? It's very, very nuanced, this whole market. It's complicated. There's a lot of stuff going on. And I consider myself to be, you know, an expert in the sports betting market. So there's a lot that I know. So maybe for a lot of people who bought this book, they did learn a lot. And they did look at these things in the book as secrets and little nuggets here or there they can really use. But I didn't find much that's really usable at all for me. Now, a couple takeaways. One takeaway, which gets back to the Aaron Rodgers thing, he did go into detail about player rankings and how non-quarterbacks should be priced. Now, I said earlier, I believe non-quarterbacks are undervalued. Billy Walters all but backs that up in his book. So according to Billy Walters in his book in the advanced masterclass uh, chapter, according to him, there are at least 600 players in the NFL that have a value above zero. What that means is about 60% of the NFL, right? Six out of 10 players are, are literally replaceable. If they get hurt, someone else comes in, we don't do anything to the line. Okay, so that's the unfortunate truth of the NFL. Most players, the, the majority, are not worth anything against the spread. But there's a lot of players, according to Billy Walters, 600, that have a non-zero value. Now, I personally have 77 players worth at least two points who aren't quarterbacks. That's a lot more than the average sports better or at least public professional sports better would have you believe the common thing to say out there for the pros is you, you'll hear this a lot there's not many players worth more than a point in this league there's not many non-quarterbacks at all that are worth even more than a point and that's simply not the case because as we said earlier when you're evaluating talent how much players are worth against the spread it's the same thing for non-quarterbacks it's not just about their pure talent but how does the team use them how do they fit into the scheme? What's the chemistry with the teammates? You see, if you get the best defensive line, let's say TJ Watt, okay? You get TJ Watt, put him on five different teams, his rating will be five different ratings based on his backups, the scheme that team runs, how he fits into it, his chemistry with the teammates and coaches. It's not just like, oh, TJ Watt's worth a, a two points against the spread. It, it, it's so much more nuanced than that. And so I've been saying this for a long time, this idea of like, yeah, not many players in the NFL are worth... You know, more than a half point who are quarterbacks, maybe a point. It's like you're overdoing it and you're going to hurt yourself when it comes to handicapping because you're not going to adjust enough for these injuries. So that was one takeaway I had in the Billy Walters book that I did learn. Okay, let's get to that. Let's get to a few things about the book. A few things that I did learn, some positives in the book because there wasn't much learning at all. It was more of a autobiography, which was interesting, but I didn't learn a lot. So one thing is the non-quarterback player rankings. That's one. The second thing is the knowledge of half points. The knowledge of half points is very muddy. What should they be worth? What should they not be worth? He's got a chart in his book about half points. That's also good. So those couple things. And then third, the valuation and quantification of factors is amazing in his book. Billy Walters lays out about two or three dozen factors with what they are worth against the spread, everything from what it's worth to travel East Coast to West Coast, West Coast to East Coast, what it's worth to play back-to-back -back road games, what it's like to go to places like the LA Chargers where there's not much of a home field or the Green Bay Packers where there's an extra home field. What do you upgrade or downgrade for those situations? He's got a whole chart with all that stuff. That was my favorite part of the whole book, that chart, because it gives some, that's, that's what I was looking for. Those are the little tidbits I thought was going to be filled page, you know, 
bookend to bookend with that kind of juicy info. So that was awesome. That quantification of factors is amazing because that's what this all comes down to. You know, we can, all of us listening could say, yeah, it's going to be a a rain or snow game. We all think there's going to be less scoring in the game. But how much less scoring? Do we downgrade it two points or three points or five points or 10 points? Because that matters. So that is why the quantification of the valuation of those things was so amazing to me. But that's about it. I actually thought most of the other book and most of the other betting information wasn't that useful. And to be honest, a little critique here, I did think the betting strategy part was rather vanilla and not really nuanced enough at all. I mean, really? Billy Walters just bets a half to three units and he just, that's it? I mean, it sounds like some Twitter (laughs) professional. All right, we bet 0.5 to three units. It's like, really? He never tried to get more than three units down ever because he says himself in a book, he he got that much down on a Super Bowl once. So he doesn't follow that rule. So it's like, that's my point here. Was I really naive enough to think Billy Walters was going to share his secrets and you know, you don't think Billy Walters bets with Kelly Criterion. You think he's betting, you know, really betting units. Like maybe at his point you get back to units because he's betting so much money. But it's like, I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 I bet he shared, if I had to put a, a number on it, for like the actual good juicy secrets Billy Walters has, I bet he shared 5%. He didn't give everything away. You know, like I said earlier, he is a hustler for his whole life. I feel like I kind of got hustled by the hustler. You know, should I be surprised that one of the best salesmen, public salesmen, at least of all time, just sold me? Uh, maybe not. You know, because he gets on his VSIN interviews. He gets out there. Oh, this ball. <laughs> Sports betters will love. I'm sharing my secrets. I'm getting old. What do I have to lose, man? He did a Billy Walters did an interview with Brett Musburger on VSIN and he promoted the book. What do I have to lose, Brett? You know, I'm getting up there. I want to show one. I want to do good for the sports betting community. I want to give back to all the sports betters. He didn't give shit. He still wants to bet. As we've talked about before, information is everything. If Billy Walters really gave all the secrets away, he wouldn't be able to bet anymore. I mean, maybe when he's on his deathbed, he'll come out with another book with his real secrets. But uh, as someone who knows a lot about the industry, unfortunately, I didn't learn a whole heck of a lot from this book. So that's that's the unfortunate takeaway after reading it again. But that's uh, that's 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 this podcast. We'll wrap this one up. Aaron Rodgers injury players. What are they worth? I hope you learned something there. Now, we're going to get one more show done today. We're going to come out with three podcasts on a uh, on Thursday. Next one, we're going to give some college football picks and maybe a soccer pick or two. So stay tuned for that. We'll talk to you soon right here on Sports Betting Daily.